Hello and welcome to Mr. Sorensen's weekly world history podcast. I hope everyone had a good and restful break. This week we will get into Greek philosophers, scientists, and mathematicians, Athens and Sparta, and Alexander the Great. So we started before the break talking about philosophy. Philosophy is seeking and loving wisdom or knowledge. People that study philosophy are called philosophers. The first Greek, great Greek philosopher was Socrates. Socrates believed that an absolute truth existed. There was a definite right or wrong to every situation. He would go to the big marketplace in Athens called the Agora and start asking questions of the younger people about their beliefs and what they think is right and wrong. What he was doing was, is what we now call the Socratic method, which is asking pointed questions to students to get them to the bottom of why they think a certain way. This method is used every day, even now, by teachers in schools throughout the world. His questioning starts the young people asking the tough questions of their parents and even the leaders of Athens. If there's one thing that adults don't usually like, it's being questioned. The adults decided they needed to stop Socrates. So they had him arrested and charged him with corrupting the youth of Athens or making the kids turn bad. He has a trial where the adults give him the chance to stop what he's doing and they would have just let him go. Socrates refused because he did not believe what he was doing was wrong. He was found guilty and sentenced to death. He was forced to drink a poison and he died. I, for one, am thankful that it's not illegal to do that anymore because I would definitely be in trouble. Unfortunately for the Athenian adults, they couldn't stop what Socrates had started. After Socrates' death, his student Plato opened up a school for philosophers called the Academy. He did a lot of work on his ideas of how government should work. His most famous book is called The Republic. In The Republic, Plato discusses that his ideal government would be led by a philosopher king and not the people. He believed that these philosopher kings were wise and would do what is best for the most people, and not just what is best for them, their families and themselves. The Republic is still studied today and is kind of the basis of both the Roman and American systems of government. Plato had an important student named Aristotle. Aristotle was an absolute genius, and a lot of his work will be the basis of all scientific study till the Renaissance in the 1500s. During his life, he wrote over 200 books on science and philosophy, and he even had time to be Alexander the Great's teacher. He was also the first person to try to categorize animals and plants based on shared characteristics. For example, he would have put bats and birds in the same category because they both have wings. We don't use his system nowadays because we know that bats and birds have more differences than similarities. He also developed the scientific method. This allows science to, scientists to come up with ideas, test them, and examine their data. The scientific method is used every day in schools and labs all around the world. We also talked about other people's achievements in science and math in ancient Greece. We talked about Pythagoras, who is usually considered to be the first person whose job it was to do math. He also figured out that the earth was round long before it could be proven. And even figured out the circumference of the earth pretty close to what the real number is. He's probably best known for the Pythagorean theorem. 
This mathematical expression helps figure out the length of the sides of a right triangle. We talked about Archimedes also. He did a lot of work with simple machines and studying how they work. His famous quote is, give me a lever and a place to stand on and I will move the earth. Although he could never actually put the earth on the end of a lever, what he means is that if your lever is long enough and the fulcrum is in the right place, you can lift anything no matter how heavy, which is definitely true. We also, he also developed the Archimedes screw as a way to move water. Archimedes was also hired by kings throughout the Greek world to develop weapons. He's the one that invented the catapult, which will be an important weapon of war for over a thousand years after his death. Also looked at Hippocrates. Hippocrates uh, was a doctor, an ancient Greek doctor. And he is going to start to try to study um, natural causes for diseases. Um, today, he is most noted for the oath that is named after him that all doctors have to take. It's called the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, the city of Athens is where most of the stuff, the great art and learning took place. This is where people like Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle did most of their work. The people of Athens loved art and plays. They are also the ones with a new type of government called a democracy. A democracy is a type of government where the citizens have the power, not a king. In Athens, you had to be a man free and born in Athens to be a citizen. This is going to leave out groups like women, children, slaves, and people born in other places. This is going to make their number of citizens pretty small. All citizens in Athens could vote for or against every law. The Athenians chose their leader by drawing a name. Whosever name they drew would be the leader for a year. So any citizen had a chance of becoming a leader. Athens hits its height of wealth and power under the leadership of a guy named Pericles. Under Pericles, the Parthenon was built, and Athens reaches a golden age. The other powerful Greek city-state was Sparta. If it is possible for two cities to be opposites, Athens and Sparta were. Sparta had no use for plays, philosophy, or science. Spartan society was completely focused on the army and war. From the time a Spartan boy was seven until about the age of 20, their whole life was about training for battle. They were taught violence and treated horribly. But this is going to make the Spartan army the best in the world at the time. Spartans would have thought of people from Athens as lazy hippies. Athens and Sparta got into several fights over the years. Where Athens' democracy gave citizens the power, Sparta was ruled by a council of five men. A government that is ruled by a few people is called an oligarchy. In Athens, women were considered the property of men, either their father or husband. They had no freedoms in Athens. In Sparta, women spoke most, spent most of the time running, the things, running things because the men were out fighting all the time. So women were actually considered equal to men, which is rare in ancient times. To the north of Greece is an area called Macedonia. After the Greeks had been beating up each other for a while, the king of Macedonia, Philip II, decided to come south and take the Greek city-states over. Philip had always loved Greek culture and kind of wanted to be a part of it. Philip had a son named Alexander. Alexander had the best teacher possible, Aristotle. He learned math, science, literature, and philosophy from Aristotle. He also learned fighting skills and leadership from his father. 
He showed such talent for fighting that his dad made him a general in his army when Alexander was just 16. Philip II died when Alexander was 20 years old, so Alexander is the, becomes the king of the Macedonian Empire. For the next 12 years, Alexander will not lose a battle and will create the largest empire the world had ever seen at that point in history. Alexander conquered all of Greece, most of Egypt, Persia, which is today Turkey, Iran, Afghanistan, that area, Syria, Mesopotamia, which is today Iraq, most of, for the most part, parts of Pakistan, and India. He made it all the way to the Indus River in India. He also built many cities throughout his empire. For example, Alexandria in Egypt is one. Alexander allowed the people he conquered to maintain their own government and often even let their re leaders remain in power as long as they answered to him, they were loyal to, to him. He did this all around 2,300 years ago and before he was the age of 32. That is why we call him Alexander the Great today. Everywhere Alexander and his army went, they brought Hellenistic or Greek culture with them. Still today, throughout the, his former empire, you can find Greek influences. And there becomes a mixing of Greek culture and the native cultures in the area. Alexander dies at the age of 33, possibly of a disease called malaria. When he dies, he does not have a son to pass power to, so his empire is going to be split up among his top generals. Those generals spend a bunch of time fighting each other over the land, so the empire does not last long after Alexander's death. All right, for your quiz possible bonus, the question you need to answer is, what is the name of the city Alexander the Great was born in? To get your bonus points, you need to write the answer on the bottom of your bubble sheet. So again, the question is, what is the name of the city Alexander the Great was born in? Okay, that's all for this week. I hope it helped. Join us next time for Mr. Sorensen's weekly world history podcast. Ciao, Bella.